like I, I feel like I, I finally understand what parents kind of mean like when they say if it ain't one thing it's another not for real uh, now that I got like older now um, but yeah I mean I had to put the car in the shop and it's gonna be like another week and a half and it created all these big issues throughout the conference I had a piggyback rides it was just like man i should have just not even going in, in the first place i mean it seemed like it was gonna break down regardless you think so exactly i mean yeah of course it's gonna break down regardless but it's just i hate when things break down when i'm not home right like not when i'm like out on a conference and work and dealing with stuff yeah that's embarrassing too like damn my car just broke exactly Oh, it's just like, oh, what happened? Because like I made such a big deal with it with coworkers. My uh, boss was like, oh, you know, you can just take the the company car, and we, you guys can just drive together for like this three day uh, conference. I'm like, nah, I'm driving myself. Yeah, like I, I'm not uh, driving like the company car and have them deal with all that. I'd rather just um, leave when I want to leave. Don't have to worry about getting with people um, after the events or whatever was going on, I could just, um, I was thinking about taking a trip to Austin just just to check it out the city, mm-hmm. maybe go get some dinner, stuff like that. So I had plans and, that, and all that shit just, yeah, that shit was dead. I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but my car broke like the week after I started a new job. I remember, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more embarrassing than having to like ask people, especially like coworkers for rides when you just started a week ago. It's like, yeah, y'all see, I really needed this job. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that check. Wait, whatever happened to that car anyway? Um, It was a wrap after that. Like the brakes totally went out. Um. It might have had some other issues. I probably could have fixed it, but that car was like 20 years old. So at that point, I was just like, yeah, it's just time to upgrade. Yeah, it was, it was that time. Damn. Yep. Yeah. Some good memories in that car, though. It was a 19, what was it like a 1992, 1993 Honda Accord? Great car. Mm-hmm. No door. What's, what's the best memory? I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, <talking> shit. <laughs> Now that car, like, the heat used to stay on all the time. Uh, so I had to drive with the windows down, like, year-round, basically. You had to, like, lift on the driver's side. You had to literally, like, lift the door up to actually get the handle to lock and close. <sighs> different times, different times. God damn. Yeah. I guess the best memories, it was just, like, my college car. So all my little, like, memories of, like, driving to different parties and stuff and driving around East Lansing on that little car. And that car did great on gas too. Like it it definitely did what needed to be done. It was not a sexy car, but it gave what it needed to give, that's for sure. Damn. Yeah, memories, memories, memories. I remember we used to go to Applebee's all the time. <laughs> Man, yep, the bees for those like what was it like half off apps? Yeah, something like that. Something cheap yeah. as hell. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, I was broke. I, I'm going to speak for myself. I was broke back then. So that shit was clutch, like for real. Yeah. And going crazy off the Little Caesars. I feel like I that was my treat was like on a Friday to get a Little Caesars pizza and like bring that $5 hot and ready over. <laughs> oh, God. Like trapping off the Little Caesars. Oh, my Oof. God. 
Ain't off the queer boat. Those are my queer boat days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disgusting. To drive around with a bottle of queer boat in the car. That's so disgusting. You know what? I think I might have an acquired taste for it now, though. But back then, I was like, nah, I can't. Like, <laughs> damn, that was the time. Mm. Yeah, I was the only one who would drink that back then. The only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we was on like Bombay, Tanqueray. We was on some bullshit too, though. Yeah. Nah. Like, to, to be honest. But you know what? Let's go ahead and get into this episode, man. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you so much for joining us. If it's your first time, thank you for coming through. We appreciate all the listeners. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jermaine. And this is Rod, and this is the Friends Podcast. Make sure you check us out. We're streaming everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Also, make sure you check out our socials on the YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, at the Friends Pod. We appreciate all new listeners and old that's been commenting through all, all our social medias. Also, be on the lookout for new merch that's going to be coming soon. Uh, yeah, so the TFP brand is growing strong. Also, I want to mention, go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube, man. Turn on those notifications because we are on there. We up- upload every episode on there. We got shorts on there. And turn on the notifications because, you know, we might, you know, you might find this pop up and go on live or, you know, some type of shit like that. So stay tuned for that. Yes, sir. Other than that, man, I just did want to highlight, man, this is episode number 100. Mm, yeah. That's a hundred. Episode 100, man. So that's, a, I mean, I think it's a good feeling, though. I guess we could just kind of reflect on, you know, what has, what these 100 episodes has been like, you know, what's been, what's going into it, what we love, what we hate it. Um, you know, yeah, I guess we want to kind of go through that and talk about that. Yeah, I did. I definitely want to hear what you guys think. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm the newbie, so it's all on y'all. What have you? What's the biggest thing you feel like you've learned in this hundredth episode? This journey. So for this journey so far, being number hundred, I feel first off super blessed. Um, I want to thank out thank every single uh, listener, every single person who has joined as a friend, as a guest. Um, I really enjoyed my my experiences with all you guys. I know we talked about the ups and the downs, and I think a hundred episodes it, it just shows like the groundwork. And I I still think it's the beginning. I'm still hungry. I'm still waiting for um, that big break or that big episode or um, that big turning point. I still um, am hungry for that part that point mm-hmm. um yeah man 100 episodes really i just want to say thank you to the fans and it's more to come all right y'all want to y'all want the political answer or y'all want the real answer never the political damn okay i might have to cut this out then um <laughs> you know podcasting is cool you know it's not you know 100 episodes there's been a lot of work put in you know behind the scenes you know, whether it be, you know, Rod coming up with topics, Rod um, on, you know, the Instagram, getting the social media stuff together, whether it be me editing and me cutting clips and, and getting those types of things together. There's been a lot of things going on behind the scenes and we work hard, man. Very big learning experience throughout the entire time. For sure. Like from where we began to, to now, mm-hmm. big improvements in terms of communication, um, also, in terms of uh, the content, 
in the beginning, we were pretty much all hip-hop. Like, big hip-hop heads that every episode was us trying to break down an artist, song, or the 90s, the 2000s, and trying to, I don't know, like, be in the music industry, I, I, I would say. That was kind of like a goal, or to be culturally in the hip-hop media around. I think it's still like that, to be honest. Like, I, I you think, still think so? For me, for me, I'm still a hip-hop head, and I would love to talk about all those types of things, but, you know, sometimes you got to, like, you know, switch, switch the swag up a little bit. So, you know, that's that's type that's kind of how that is. Now, no, it has been, it's been definitely interesting just to learn about other people that's not rappers and, and artists and stuff like that. Like, we had had a, a, a author on, like, you know, we had somebody with a book club on, we had on a PhD like it was some super dope, you know, people that we've been able to meet. And that's, that's cool. Um, now, the biggest learning experience for me, it had to be something with the with the background stuff, you know, like how to put together an episode, how to cut it so it can sound. So, it, so it's, you know, easy on the ears, you know, so people will actually want to listen to the show. So I think that's probably my biggest learning experience. And it's kind of hard because I don't want to copy off what other people did. But I also want to, you know, have it sound like us, but also have it sound good. So I think that's just been a big, biggest learning experience. And, you know, I'm continuing to learn that stuff. But, um, yeah, you man. see uh, differences from the beginning to now? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, it's, I got a lot better um, with all that type of shit. What's the biggest thing that you feel like you changed? You guys mentioned the fact that, you know, you've started covering more diverse topics, you know, Matt, you touched on like your editing style. Like, what's the biggest change you think that's happened from episode one to to where you're at today? To me, I think it's just running the show, like being able to just flow and, and kind of just go through it. Because at the beginning, we were just, you know, just talking and shit. Like, I've done radio before and and stuff like that, so I kind of knew a little bit, but I was behind the scenes on on radio. So that's that's been the biggest change to yeah. me. Is like. Your radio days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I used to be like a producer on like a, a sports show in, in college radio. So like I kind of knew what it was, but it's just different when it's like it's different when it's live versus when it's recorded. Because when you when it's recorded, you can actually take your time to stop stop recording. Um, you can do post production stuff and all that type of stuff. So um, yeah, I think just running it, figuring out how to run a show is is, is what's changed. You know. Not, we're not sure. all the way where we want to be, but, you know, we're definitely better than we used to be. Right? what you say? I mean, all the things that you were saying, Um, I would say instead of not, the, well, instead of the editing, for me, it's been with the social media and networking with new people and trying to find talent and always having to be, I guess, aware of what's going on, uh, coming up with topics for new episodes and things like that, always having to stay update on what's going on in terms of shows, um, local artists, uh, big artists. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Like I really didn't even realize how much really, how much work goes into all that kind of stuff. And being still like a small team and having to like put on like all that kind of um, time, stuff like that, I guess I just, I didn't really anticipate that, but mm -hmm. I feel like over time I got quicker at it and uh, I would say things just got a bit more smoother and topics start to more easily flow once we start getting the rhythm. I didn't expect so many guests 
to even want to join our show um, in the beginning. Like, I didn't even think we were going to do that many interviews with musical guests and things of that nature that completely took us by surprise. I thought mostly it was just going to be us and friends and stuff, like, and people that we have or comment are in the comments that we're going to be mainly just talking with them. So it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So many artists who's, who's reached out to us in, in a big way. Um, Definitely. Also, I want to uh, shout out uh, Rolando soul in the beginning. Uh, I would say big part with uh, when we joined up and partnered with him, with his, his, uh, his, what he got going on and his brand. Um, that that was a good look. Um, also, I want to shout out one of our first people that we had on was Nessie Darilla, um, Ace Ace Rar, some of the first guys uh, because they, I mean, they didn't really have to come on, but because they had a relationship with us and then they had a good experience on the show, they actually reached out to some people they knew or things like that, and ended up we ended up having even more interviews and shows like that and starting to learn that process of how to interview people. Mm -hmm. Like we had to learn that because we, we never really anticipated to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been all a, a big learning curve. So again, um, to wrap it up, shout out to the fans. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting better at this shit. Most definitely. Yeah. That's why I was saying like, I don't, you know, you could either give the political answer, like the real answer, like what's, really going on in your mind but you know what like Rod said man shout out to everybody man <laughs> yeah you mm -hmm. know thank you for coming on um and we appreciate all that shit man yeah and big props to you two for for not only starting but keeping it going uh i just want to say as the the new person <laughs> you guys are putting a lot of work and you know people probably don't recognize how much work goes into it so you should both pat yourselves on the back and be proud of everything you've accomplished and the fact that this is just the beginning early days Absolutely. Thank you for that. Because it has been times where I was like, all right, man, <laughs> like, let me just go ahead and like, how can we not do two episodes? Like, how can we not do, you know what I mean? Like, It was just so many times when I was just like, man, I don't want to do this shit, but I think it's going to pay off in the end. So, you know, I'm sticking with the shit. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and get into these topics, man. I'm not sure if you saw, but this week was announced that Donda Academy is actually being sued because they only are serving sushi for, for, for lunch. And I saw too, one of the things that was funny in the lawsuit was uh, they, the people who are suing Kanye, they mentioned that he um, is afraid of stairs. So all the classes have to be taught on the first floor, which, hey, I mean, it is his, it's his school. So you can do that if that's, you know, that's you if you run run things. But I'm curious, like, what's some of the most petty stuff you've seen in a workplace? Some of the most petty stuff. Ooh, um, I think we could start. You know, start softly with you know, like per my last email type of stuff, or always. You know, those types of things. You know, the the funny thing about my the place where I work at right now, there's a um, there's a subreddit about my job. And so, like, you'll see, I think one wow. time, I think one time, like, a girl, like, she shitted in the middle of the floor because she was just mad You're at her team leader. 
(laughs) Wait. I'm so sorry. Like, literally, like, pulled down pants, squatted on the floor. You're lying. It's all all documented. Yeah, it's all on the subreddit. (laughs) Were you at the company at the time? Honestly, I don't I don't think I was. Um, let's see what else happened. I think wow. there was just let me pull up the subreddit right quick, but yeah, so there's a lot of pettiness that happens. Like I know like the most recent like one of the most I'm recent. I'm sick for the cleaning staff. Oh my god, I know. Cause like damn. Okay, so this other post, uh, uh uh so a girl she quit, right? And so we have like this internal like social media site where we can post like you know, you can post your cat, you can post your car, you can post uh, kudos to other people. But this girl, she um, she posted like, "I quit. I wish Leslie was at her desk so I could let her know that if she was to speak to me like that outside this job, I would have slapped her fat sloppy." Head. <laughs> <laughs> This is yeah. So like, it's it's a lot of pettiness that goes on at my at my workplace. <laughs> I love it. I need more stories. Please keep going. Please. Let's see. Let's see what else we got here. Because um, my work petty stories can't compare at all. Nah, it's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can find another one. Um, it's, they be posting about like people having affairs. Like I know this one dude Ooh. just had a baby and he was like sleeping with one of the other like leaders or some shit like that. How big um, is the company? I think we got like five or six thousand people right now. Okay, yeah, that's a perfect size for some messiness. Oh, most definitely. Most perfect definitely. size. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can find some more real life content. A lot of it is memes. I respect people who want to go out in like a ball of flames when they quit, but my thing is like, I'm still gonna need another job somewhere. Like, I can't have these people call, you know, and find that I worked here in took a shit on the floor like Mm -hmm. yeah like what the hell (laughs) if you could quit in in any type of way and know that there would be like no repercussions like what would you do is there repercussions to quitting well the girl who took a shit on the floor like you are now known as miss shits on the floor (laughs) or even if she gets another i mean but you quit though yeah but if how would the new job know about that well i mean let's say somebody at her new job came from the same company and then they're like oh yeah old girl works here yeah she took a dump on the floor you don't think there there are any repercussions based on how you quit i'm i'm really just starting to think about it like as i'm like wait she quit and shit on the floor was that the reason (laughs) is that how she quit yes yeah she was mad she was just mad so she was like all right well i'm just gonna she just pulled her pants down in the middle of the office (laughs) and said i quit as far as i know that's what it was you can't tell me there aren't repercussions for that. You can't. Oh, that. Oh, that's that's wild. I I didn't think that that's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, like that's what it was. You know. Nah, she she need mental help. That's that's deeper than. Mm-hmm. I quit. Nah, yeah. for real. They make uh, Kanye only serving sushi look real, real normal, real normal workplace behavior in comparison. Yeah, Kanye normal. But 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 to answer your question, Jermaine. So what what would be the? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I want to do no crazy shit. I just probably would just walk out. Um, if anything, I might like try to. No, I'm not gonna say that. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> have Have any of you actually quit in a crazy way or? Not for real. I think the craziest thing I did was like quit the day I was supposed to go into work. Like literally send an email like, "Hey, I'm not coming in today." 
I quit effective immediately. Like, <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now, like you aren't getting the badge back, like none of it. I'm out. I ain't gonna lie. I love quitting. That's kind of like <laughs> one of my like favorite things to do. Like I always think about like how I'm gonna do it. Like I I would say the last time, well, I, I actually I got a I got a few stories. So my girlfriend, like she had uh wanted to quit like Urban Outfitters or something back back in the day when she was in school and stuff like that. And she had came to me saying, oh, I don't know how I'm going to quit. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I was just like, oh, I, I got this. She's like, oh, can you write the email for me? I was like, yeah, I got, I, I got it. Uh, so on the email, I don't know. Quitting to me is real easy because it's just saying this. Obviously, you're just pointing out this isn't going to work. Um. My time here was was good, um, and I'm gonna be leaving whenever the date is. I don't understand why it's such a big deal, but there was another thing. Like I would say, my most recent job. Again, like I already was in the process of trying to find a new job. I was just gonna quit in a week or two, but I, like I kind of quit because of the, the manager situation, like when you don't really like the manager, I was like, yeah, I'm about to get up out of here because they kind of had moved him away because there was kind of like a spliff. And then they brought him back after the new manager quits. And now I'm just like, nah, I'm about to get up out of here. So like literally about like one or two weeks, he was back, I was like, yeah. I resign. Uh, I had a good time working with all you guys. I really appreciate my time here. Like just just randomly over a phone call, like it's easy like that. Maybe it's just as a woman, maybe I overanalyze stuff, but like, I don't know. Like the act of it is easy, but it's like the stress of like, okay, how's this person gonna respond? Like what happens? Like the last place I quit, the one that I just emailed them like, yo, I'm out, was a couple months ago. Um, since I've been on sabbatical, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a fun job. And so I started working at a luxury retail store. Um, and I worked there for like six days. And I was like, oh, heck, you know, like this is not. Six days? Yeah. <laughs> sick. Sick, right? So and they were like, they liked me a lot. And then I was supposed to go in that seventh day and I had been working like seven days straight. And I was just like, yeah, I can't do it. So I sent the email a few hours before I was supposed to go, man, like, nah, like I'm out. Thanks for the opportunity. This is effective immediately. Uh, and since then, that was back in November. I'm still scared to go back into the store. I'm like, and I need some stuff from the store low key. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I'm like, have they forgotten me yet? Like, what, it's only one around here? There's no other ones? It's only one around here. Yeah, okay. My funniest moment, though, quitting was in college when I quit Tim Hortons. Because you I literally. You did Tim Hortons. I, I worked there for literally two days. Wow. Like, my, sec <laughs> my second day there, I literally videotaped and did a Snapchat of, like, yeah, I'm about to get up out of here. Like, we ain't doing shit. Like, I videotaped my entire shift on the way out. I was like, yeah, we just eating. Ain't nobody in here. We went to go smoke. <laughs> like, like, I just told, I was like, yeah, 
I put it on VHS, like, yeah, I'm, I'm up out of here. I quit. Mm-hmm. And I just walked out. Damn. <laughs> have y'all ever been fired, though? I haven't. Nope. Yeah, I've been fired. Oh, you have? Oh, I know you have, right? I remember we talked about the cafeteria thing. Did you get fired from that? You, you got quit? fired from the calf? Yeah, I got fired from the calf. <laughs> How'd you get fired from the calf? It was uh, it was this black lady. She was on a power trip, and they just hired her all. And uh, the way the schedules used to work back in the day in the calf, like, you know, they give you, like, uh, your week schedule, and then you kind of mark the days where you're busy when you have classes yeah. and things like that. So on my schedule and everything, I pretty much marked most of the week. And all mornings, like, I'm not available. Like, I study at night. So in the morning, I... I I can't really wake up that early. Um, so she's going to come to me and say, hey, I saw your schedule and stuff, but we're still going to need you to work on mm-hmm. these kind of days. And I'm nope. like, I put on there that I, I told you I can't work those days. Like, I, I I'm not available. She said, well, if you don't show up, well, we, we might have the issue. I was like, well, I'm letting you know now I'm not going to show up until the time that I said I'm going to be available. She would say, oh, okay. And then I was just like, okay. The day, the day of the shift comes, I come in the time and it's just like, what's up? Like starting the day and the, the shift, like I said, the time I was gonna come in. She would say, hey, we, gonna, we need to talk. I'm like, okay, let's go talk. She was like, yeah, you in a kind of supervisor kind of role, it's just not a good look if you coming in when you want to come in. And when like, you were a supervisor? Yeah, it was like to that point. Yeah, I got to that like supervisor cook. Okay. And uh, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I told you yesterday, I'm coming in this time. And you said, okay. I said, okay. So what, what, what are you talking about? Like, it's, don't, it's not a good look. I was like, I told you when I was coming in. She was like, yeah, but I kind of was telling you, I want you in at this time. And I was like, I, I made that very clear to you in your face. I'm not coming in. Like, I'm coming in this time. Who cares if I'm a supervisor? This is a college job at the CAF. Like, this is not that serious. Exactly. That's how I felt. I was like, I'm still getting all my hours in. Like, 20 to 30 hours in a week. So I'm like, why does it matter? Yeah, those college jobs were different. Different days, man. She went off, too. She's like, man, you'll never make it with that attitude. What? Listen, like, yeah, this is a, a calf like, job in college. Like, this has no... Oh, actually, I will say, another job I quit was... I think I quit. Um, Sparties. I worked at Sparties for, like, maybe a week. Like, if I don't like a job, I'm not making it more than a week. I worked at Sparties for, like, a week. I just feel like I never got trained. I had one shift at the library... That was horrible. And then my second shift ever was um, at the CADA station, which is like the bus station at MSU. Um, And so there was nobody else who was working that shift with me. It was me by myself. I literally let everybody get stuff for free that day because I didn't know how to work the register. So anything that people would want to come and check out, I would like fake scan it and then be like, all right, like, I think you're good because I really didn't know how to scan stuff. Uh, And after that shift- They didn't teach you how to scan? They did, but like, uh, I still didn't really know how to work the machine for real. 
<laughs> I really know how to work the cash register. And so every time I would scan stuff, it would beep. And I didn't know if that beep meant that like it actually scans or if it didn't scan or not. So everything was beeping. And after that shift, I was like, yeah, I quit. I don't even know technically if I ever quit that job, actually, now that I think about it. Like, I still could be an employee at parties who just <laughs> has never showed up for a shift for the past 10 years. Wait, which bus station had a Spartys? I'm trying to remember. The main cattle station on like the middle of campus, they had a Spartys oh, on the inside. But like, yeah. that's the thing is nobody ever goes into it. So like when the few people who did come in, like I didn't really know how to work the register. I'm like, who lets somebody work alone their second shift at a job? <laughs> Stupid. That's crazy. I think about I did have another stint where I worked in a warehouse over the summer. Like, you get in one of those trucks and you just move in boxes oh, yeah. along. I did that for 30 days. And then, yeah, I just, one day I just woke up. I'm just like, I'm not going. I just didn't, I didn't contact them. I didn't send any emails and call nobody. I was just like, yeah, they don't know. I, I'm just not, it's done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I, I can't do this. I can't be moving boxes no more. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, that's that's what I think it is with Sparties. I don't think I, I don't know if I ever told them anything. So the reason I asked is because, so continuing on from the petty shit from my job. So it looks like a, somebody was fired for saying ghetto. Um, a long time, uh, a long time employee was fired yesterday for saying the phrase ghetto. The CFPB called am well, uh, called my CEO. Damn, I shouldn't have said his name. Um, and told him that the person needs to be fired. So why is that a bad like? Was it? I'm I'm so confused. Is it a white person who said it? Like, were they calling somebody ghetto? That I don't know. There's not a lot of context here. I, I'll try to read through the comments and figure out. But yeah, is that is that crazy? Like, I guess it kind of depends on what context it was said, though, right? It does. Like, if they call somebody ghetto, I still don't know if I would say you could fire somebody for that. But like, that is bad. But like to not say the word at get say ghetto at work is like kind of crazy to me. Why can't you say it? I don't. I don't like people saying that though, because there is white ghettos. There is ghetto like there's ghettos in like Europe, like or mm -hmm. you know South America and stuff like that. But when people in America say ghetto, they not thinking about the favela. Like they think about black shit. So that's why I don't like that shit. Yeah, I guess I just I'm so curious what the context is. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. But um, other than that, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and get into this next topic that we got for you folks. Um, let's talk about foreign shit, right? Go ahead and intro that foreign conversation because I know you had, you know, had a point you wanted to make about like all that type of shit. So this is more just a broader discussion in general about foreigns, and I feel like we just have a a very strong love for everything that's foreign. When you think about rappers today, all they're talking about is foreign women, foreign cars, um, foreign jewelry, shoes, anything. It's always foreign. And then I'm just starting to wonder, I'm like, why? what's the infatuation with our culture and foreign? You think it's just a black culture thing or is it just a, an American thing? Well, I made it into like a hip hop kind of cultural thing. Like, why is it a hip hop thing? Um, I think we had this conversation before too. I think um, when we was talking about weed and stuff like that, 
like weed is so accessible now they're just like everybody can get it so it's not no real popping weed rappers but lean rap like people that rap about lean and perks and all the pills and all that shit that's hot because it's not easily accessible so same thing with foreign shit is like oh i can't go get no girl from Bul bulgaria you know what i mean or wherever the fuck so it's like that's hot because you can't get that you know what i mean i think that's rap is one of those type of sports where it's like i can i have more access than you i can get more than you i got more money than you more girls than you so i think that, that i think it just comes down to that like what can i get that you can't have you know what i mean but that's the thing to me a lot of these foreign brands and gucci um fendi all these designers all these rappers are wearing the exact same thing so obviously everyone can get it so it's like is it really that exclusive and then also it's just like I don't really understand the, the point of, um, like, say, in the instance, Master P, if you're making a brand and you're going to call the name Money Gotti just to make it sound foreign, like, it, it's just like, wh I don't understand why can't people just make it sound like who they are, their culture, their branding? No, the brand is like, what is it called? Manyati, Manyati or something like that? It's something Money like that. Gotti? No, it's Manyati. I, I I done heard him say it before in interviews. It's like Manyati or something. But yeah, I mean, I feel you though. Like, but like I said, it gotta sound exotic. Like, you know, what what niggas like these days? Exotic weed, Zaza. You know what I mean? It, I just think it's just because like, like I said before, like it's just something that niggas can't get. It's something that's out of reach, inaccessible. Um and so to your point where you said something about like, oh, all the rappers wearing it, but are the regular people, because it's like a rapper stunting on other rappers or are they stunting on regular people from that neighborhood? I feel like they stunting on both. And I think, oh yeah, another, another nigga can have a Gucci shirt that's rapping, but the nigga from the neighborhood, he still got on, got on 4X white tees. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just think it just comes down to stunting. Like it's a sport. You know what I mean? So if it's about exclusivity then like you would imagine that more rappers would be pushing a brand like Telfar which like their whole brand is rented or centered around exclusivity it's like I still think there's something about that element of it coming from like people who aren't black like it's a matter of being exclusive and not made by black people unfortunately and I don't know when that changed because if you look at you know Dapper Dan's work back in the 80s, like that's why people mess with it because it it was exclusive. It was also just fire designs, but you don't see people now recreating that and having that same excitement about like modern day black designers outside of really like, you know, Virgil and Off-White. Yeah, and it's just like, I feel like we're giving all of our dollars to these different brands overseas and these designer companies and it's just like, I, I don't understand why do we do that when they really don't even care about our culture and who we are. It, 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 they don't even like invest in it at all other than give rappers deals and things of that nature are like one-offs. Um, I mean, more recently you, we have been seeing like the Virgils, the, the Pharrells, uh, the Kanye kind of enter it, but they're holding the positions in the offices, but they're still not leading it. They're not 
the number one brand or there's no black designer that's competing at that level. No, not really. And I, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's access. Do we have access to the infrastructure? Like the regular, and, and this is one thing you got to consider about these brands like a Nike or a Gucci or, a, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like these things have been around for hundreds, a hundred plus years. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's that head start. So it's like, yeah, Telfar came through. They fucked the game up with the bags and, you know, all the stuff that they got. But, you know, for the average person, the average black person, they can't just start up some shit and it's just going to pop because they don't got that infrastructure. They don't got that, you know, like you got to be in the rooms to be like, oh, I can get in into Nordstrom or I can get into, you know, Target or something like that. I feel like that's not even the point, though. It's just like if the if it don't sound foreign or something like that, then black people won't even look at it as something that's expensive. Like, I feel like most black people want to get black designers or things of that nature probably for a discount. Unfortunately. Or for a low price. Or I, I've even heard that uh, comments like, you got a Telflar, not a Birkin. Kind of like... Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just like, it's already downplaying like our brands for these designers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that don't even care about us or it, anyways like it just it makes no sense to me yeah i think for better or worse like i mean obviously we know what's happened with yeezy over the past couple of months here but like what was great about the yeezy brand is it made a black designer brand hot and something that was exclusive and that everybody wanted from you know the the fashionistas to hype beast. Um, and obviously now because of everything that's happened, that's gone. But I, that's the only brand that I can really think of that's really like headed by a, a black designer that had that sort of cachet outside of Off-White. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's niggas making t-shirts somewhere, but it's not like, it's not on the same level. Um, one thing I will say is like hair care products and like beauty products. Like that's big. Like I think black people do tend to try to find black owned, you know, hair care and beauty stuff just because you know we we have different types of skin and different types of hair. So that's big. You can find that in Target. You can find that, um, you know, your local beauty supply. But when it kind of like clothes and stuff, I don't know what could happen. What would need to happen for us to like break through that barrier of like now we got the hot shit. Like fuck what they doing over there. Like, is it naming? Is it naming it foreign? You know what I mean. Naming it like it's a foreign thing. Is it? Yeah, naming it money yachty. Or is it just something? No. Do we just need to charge it four hundred dollars for some shoes? Like, what? What's the? What's the catalyst? Like, what is going to be the catalyst for it to switch? So it's like, okay, black owned. Like, this is what it is. That's hard because I think it's multiple elements. I think it's like fire design. Like the product actually needs to be appealing. I think it's um, the right marketing strategy, having the right people wearing the brand. And I think unfortunately, like our community, we do like things that feel exclusive and out of reach and out of touch. And so it's having it set at a price point that does make the item seem elevated. I mean, what happened to FUBU? Like what happened to- Yeah, Marberries. Yeah, but if any of those brands came out, like a black brand came out, and they say, oh, this shirt is $1,000. Um, 
this sweater is also like five thousand dollars just start pricing things of that nature mm-hmm. i feel like majority of black people say is, is this nigga crazy right for sure for sure and that's where the marketing comes into play like because that's the only reason why we spend so much money on gucci and louis and fendi is it's marketed as being you know fine european designs and that it's you know being crafted with such amazing craftsmanship like if you can make a t-shirt or a sweater or whatever and say like yo this is made in downtown la and it's sewn by hand by artisan craftsmen and da 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 and you got you know the hottest rapper wearing your designs then you might be able to make a case for that um the hard part is i think like um right to your point about like why people think it's crazy is i think we're missing sometimes like some of the other hallmarks that these other brands have like whether it's like the marketing and how you position the product in in the marketplace and i think we also want to hold a place at their table oh for sure big time because to even be like consider one of the big brands you have to actually network with that inner circle of fashion, the fashion world. Like most of the designers, like what Kanye said in the beginning, he said he went to France and stuff like that just to learn from them and um, figure out how they do things. And like he had to be influenced by the French and the, and the way they design and then use that to build his own brand up to make what he does now like it's 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 kind of like that influence like we had to go to their table and learn what they're doing to even build ourselves up for him to price it at that point where i feel like people would want to buy it at the price point that he would want to sell it at and and i feel like it's it's also like that with like fashion but even when you think of like cooks and stuff like that like the european way of like cooking and things of that nature you, a lot of chefs they have to go to France or Paris to learn those type of techniques and bring it back just so they can have these fine dining level of place and have that respect from critiques and stuff like that too. Yeah. And it's sick how much money we invest in these types of goods. Like, I don't know if you guys saw last week, um, but Forbes announced their newest billionaires list. So the richest man on earth, the richest person on earth is Bernard Ardell. Um, he's worth $223 billion and he's the CEO of LVMH. And so they're the ones who own all of the, the luxury houses. They own Louis Vuitton, Dior, um, Tiffany, Fendi, Bulgari. I mean, they also are in like liquor. They own Hennessy, Moet. Like just think of how much money they make off of black people. It's sickening. And like, we could do that same thing, like have our own, you know, fashion houses, liquor houses that are owned by us and marketed to us in the way that these brands do. But you're playing against big money. And the thing is, we do have it. That's the thing. Like, we have it, but it's just not, we're not paying attention to it. Like, Earl, I mean, E40, he got his, you know, wine. Snoop got his wine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kanye got his clothes. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely some players that could play. But like you said, like, when you playing against big money, like, it take money to fight wars. So if you don't got $220 billion, 
what you gonna do? You know, you, you pretty much ass out at that point. And it's just kind of disappointing because, like, I would like yeah. to see it. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying that's true. Just to scale anything, we have to always partner just to even get to that distribution level. Yeah. And like LVMH, they even own um, Fenty, Fenty Beauty. And so I think it's funny too, like how they position some of these brands because like with Louis, when Virgil was overseeing Louis, we felt like we were supporting a black man, which we were to some extent. You know, with Fenty, it's like, oh, I'm buying this because I'm supporting Rihanna. Rihanna's my girl. Oh, I'm buying, um, you know, Hennessy because they have black people in the ads. But you forget sometimes, like, the people who are making the real, 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 real money off of this don't look like us. So should we be mad at Rihanna and be mad at Virgil and mad at Kanye for going to fuck with them and sign with them and all that stuff? Hell no. I think, you know, from an individual level, I understand why they do it. Like, that's how they get up. Um, I think it's though, having the same passion with that you're buying a Fenty with the same passion that you're buying like an independent black owned brand that maybe doesn't have the fancy marketing, doesn't have the fancy positioning. But like that is black owned because at Sephora, for example, you can still see other like black owned beauty brands that are 100 percent, you know, owned by their founders. But um, those products just don't have the same marketing behind it that a Fenty does. Yeah, they had that Super Bowl marketing like you can't really you can't beat <laughs> you that. can't pay for that, man. You know what I mean? So it's like, damn, you know, what can we do? Um but yeah, I don't. I don't think we should be necessarily mad at them. I do. I see both sides. I think that, yeah, go get your money. You know what I'm saying? Get your get your cheese, however you can. But at the same time, you sucking and jiving for you know what I'm saying for massa, like in a way because like you could have took all like I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on Rihanna, but she could have took all the influence and she had you know the influence and money that she has and flipped it to, into her own thing. Now LVMH probably had the um, the infrastructure that she needed and all that stuff, it was probably easy for her to just like, they was like, come on, like, yeah, we got the, we got all the materials over here. Yeah, everything's cheaper. And we're giving you a big check. Right. And we're partnering with you. I feel that. But it also takes money to make money. You know, Stretch Money said that in like 05. So it's like. Truer words were never spoken. You know, so maybe she could have, and I'm not trying to critique because I'm never going to be, I'm not in her position, you know, to do what she can do, but. It would be dope if she was just like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and start my own shit. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna still get all black models. I'm gonna still try to get to the fat because it's Rihanna, you know. Like she could have been at a fashion show without, without LVMH. So I don't know. Yeah, I feel like people. A lot of people don't want to take the long road. That part. Like it, it takes. It would take years, 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 years just to get up to that point, but. If they could just partner with someone right quick and who already has it and can get all the materials already cheaper and have like everything that she would need to to make what she billions of dollars like she's doing now. Like really, Rihanna's almost probably gonna be like the richest black woman, like pretty soon. Hell yeah. Um if not Kylie like Jenner. She's not the youngest. <laughs> They're so, the richest and the youngest. Yeah, like I can't really I can't really name that many richer black women than Rihanna at this point. I mean, other than what Oprah. That's it. And then maybe uh, what's 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 Shorty from BET? 
I don't know if she still got money. Deb something. Oh, Sheila Johnson. Oh, Sheila Johnson. Yeah, I, I think she rich. I don't know if she like super crazy rich, but oh, and Medea too. So, but um, but yeah, I think that uh, shit, man, she might be. That would be dope to see. You know, if she really just come because then maybe at that point she can be like, all right, well, I'm about to buy out my contract. Let me just take Fenty on the road. I'm gonna do my own. You know, what I'm saying my own shit because like all the damn products she done made and all the money she made for them. Yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. Like her ascension, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have never thought that makeup and and beauty products and skins and things like that would make billions of dollars. I don't know if you guys have looked at that billionaires list, but it's definitely worth taking a look at because it's crazy to see like what some of the people in there have become billionaires for. I feel like a lot of times, like we assume like on order to be a billionaire, you have to like reinvent the wheel or have to, you know, inherited money. Mm-mm. But like some of these people are billionaires off the craziest stuff. Like um, one of the youngest people on the list is the guy who founded Gymshark. Like mm. he's a billionaire off making workout clothes. And he's, I think he's maybe like 28, 30. Like he's mad young. Damn. Right place, right time, it seems like. And Mark Zuckerberg. Man, yeah. he, he came up and stole someone's idea and came up and got Facebook. One of the youngest, richest people in the world. Elon Musk, super young. Multiple companies. Yeah, so it's about just having the right idea and like going full force about that idea and getting other people, you know, to be as excited about it as you are. Like when I saw the Gymshark guy in there, that just reminded me like you can do anything. Like Gymshark, I think they just opened up their first brick and mortar store like very recently too, in like the past couple of years. Mm. So like they did a billion dollars off econ Whew. selling leggings. Damn. So it's only women's clothes or is all no no no. They sell men's clothes too. But um I think women's clothes are really one of the big ways that they got out there because they worked with a lot of um their marketing strategy was basically like just using influencers. I wonder, so it got to be good competition for like Lululemon, even though I don't know if Lululemon is workout clothes. I think it's just leggings. No, it's workout clothes too. Um, I would say the difference as somebody who's purchased both before um, is Lululemon is more on the the luxury athleisure side side of things, um, which is interesting because when they started, they were the first ones in the market. And now there've been more and more luxury athleisure companies that have started. Um, versus Gymshark, it's much more like affordable or like more moderately priced. So their focus is more on like the, I say like the bodybuilder type community, people who are like, you know, really in the gym versus the Lulu folks, which are like the the rich yoga ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going in the picture, taking and going in the gym, taking pictures and not really doing shit. Exactly. Low key. Yeah, so I saw this story that's been going around about more and more men are getting plastic surgery. I don't know if this uh, just started happening with Bandman Kevil. I've been hearing him talk about how he got himself uh, a nice little tummy tuck, got himself some abs and some uh, and some muscles, but 1.3 million cosmetic procedures, an increase of 29% since 2000. 
and dudes are out here getting BBLs. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're getting muscle enhancements. They're getting abs put on. They're getting fat removed. They're going in there and getting uh, a little fat from the cheeks, Botox, like removed just to get their skin tight. Like it, it's, I don't know how we feel about this. Well, how do you feel? Do you, it sounds like you don't like it based on how you're talking about it. It's just weird. Like, why are we just throwing out hard work? Why are we just not going to the gym and just working on ourselves? But when it comes to like Botox, like face, face type shit, like you can't change that in the gym. You know what I mean? Uh, some some types of, some things you can't really necessarily change with. You try some of them African gym. creams. <laughs> no. Sometimes you rub a little bit on that and like get in a real herbal <laughs> kind of atmosphere. Like taking a Doctor Sebi route. Yeah, they can help you out. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I feel you like yeah, hard work beats everything to be honest but some shit you, you can work as hard as you want to and it's like damn you know what i do understand like why women might do it because women's bodies typically don't they work a little bit differently than men's body like mm-hmm. we can shed weight so quick we can like build muscle so so quick but like women sometimes they'll hit like a plateau why you always try to like trying to split it between man and woman with this like i don't think that's we both can go to the gym and both can work it off like it's scientific. Like you put like, old oh, women gotta go through a little bit more. No, they, they do. don't. They do. No, it, I'm saying like women do, do plateau. Technically, women do plateau. Like sometimes plateau. at a point. Yeah. So like they'll get down to a weight and it's just like, like they're stuck there. All right, Jermaine. Let, let me let me hear what what you what's plateau mean. <laughs> so so I have a different thought, but I'll I'll come back to the different thought. So to answer your question. Um, so yeah, women can lose weight, obviously, you know, if they work out and are in a, a calorie deficit. But the difference between male and female, um, you know, weight loss is the fact that women have, you know, fluctuating hormones throughout the month. So like, just because of your hormone levels, like increasing estrogen and decreasing testosterone at a certain point of the month, like you naturally will like carry more water, you have more water weight, and you will be like a little bit heavier so it makes it a little bit harder to lose weight doesn't mean that it's impossible right but um because you guys don't have fluctuating hormones it's a little bit easier for you to like work out every day eat healthy every day and then see change like women can do that stuff and still like if your hormones are messed up you're still not gonna lose weight so what about people like Lindsay lohan or like paris hilton and things of that nature who are just always skinny cocaine <laughs> Easy answer. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> like that's what that's what that is. No, nah, but yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Yeah, like they 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 be skinny, like supermodel type. T- uh, but I feel like they just be starving themselves, like eating one beet and then like two <laughs> grapes and like a piece of cheese for dinner. Like so, you know? portions. I feel like that's America's fault. Like nobody in America know how to eat a good portion. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a no, fact. That is true. But the other thing I'll say about like people like Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton, like one is also genetics. It's the same way that they're they're men who are just always skinny. Like some of it is genetics. The other thing too though is um, You believe the big bone? Hell no. It's never your bones. We all got the same bones. Fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not bones. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant by genetics. 
No, no. I just mean like some people have like faster metabolisms than other people. Or like some people naturally carry more muscle mass than other people. But like it doesn't mean that you can't still be at a healthy weight. How they be saying black people just more got more muscle and just stronger. Well, now that's that's, that's a conversation. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, that is true. But we want to take it back to sixteen nineteen. I was about to say. I mean, we we have because we've been bred for that. But that's a different conversation. Think about it. Why every sport we dominate? Hey, four hundred years. Now, at of least breeding, the one that we get into it. Four hundred years of breeding will do that to you. And being in the field, picking cotton, they want the strongest people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's, That's what why it we're is. so good at sports. That's what it is. Um, but Jermaine, do you, so how do you feel? Like, what if, like, you was talking to a dude and he was like, damn, you know, I'm finna go get this, this, uh, this Botox right quick. You know, I gotta get my eyebrows right, my brow line or whatever. Nope. Hell no. No? Like, I just, I think that's so weird to me. Like, first of all, this stuff doesn't look good. Um, like, I love Drake, but his fake abs... Bando Kev, his fake abs, like they look fake. They don't ever look real, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I just don't understand like why you would do that as a man. Like I get it as a woman because for women, like beauty is currency. Like if you are an attractive woman, you're going to have more opportunities uh, than if you are an unattractive woman. And so if you want to enhance yourself, like, okay, whatever. But as a man, like what... What incentive do you get by not having any forehead wrinkles? Like, what is going to be better about your life because you have smoother skin and a six pack? Like, that's true. But I mean, Drake would not be Drake if he looked like Rod Wave. You know what I'm saying? Or if he looked like, I mean, the only the only examples I can have like that's the the unconventionally attractive person, like big rapper, is probably like Biggie Smalls, right? Yeah, he like, was still getting bitches. Yeah, he was still. You know, considered one of the greatest. He wasn't, of all getting, times. He wasn't getting Drake bitches though. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't know. I mean, they was different back then, though. Like, yeah. yeah, I know. The, the, the uh, like they, <laughs> the the level was different. Like you know, he wasn't getting weekend bitches. <laughs> you don't think so? But weekend, he be nah. Biggie he, Smalls was definitely not getting Drake and weekend bitches. Weekend be on Lindsay Lohan type stuff, like the Paris Hilton type shit. shit. Yeah. Like, maybe if he got a BBL, you know. <laughs> Biggie with a BBL is ridiculous. <laughs> Biggie. It's like, that's crazy. Like, and, wow. And here's the other thing, too, about men getting surgery is it's the same thing with women getting surgery. Like, plastic surgery will help you, but it doesn't fix everything. And so I'm sure you've seen pictures of like women before where like, their whole bodies are big, but they got like a little waist mm-hmm. and like a six pack. And it's like, how is everything else skinny except your I stomach? That. that literally makes no sense. I hate and that. So the so same much. thing is going to happen to men if you get a fake six pack, but you still don't work out. Mm-hmm. You can't have flabby arms, like no legs, never hit leg day. And you got a six pack that's still not attractive. Yeah, that's It's just going to be like abs just floating on fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, you know, Jermaine, you said, like, why would dudes do this? I think that men could be vain, too. You know what I mean? Men want to be attractive to women, too. You know what I mean? So, Yes, but I think 
men misunderstand what is attractive to women. Yeah, honestly, probably that's probably what it is. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know either. Oh my, I don't know. I don't know. They don't be knowing either, though. They don't be knowing how they want a thug that graduated college and got a four hundred one k, but then he also shoot niggas on the weekend. <laughs> like that don't even make sense. Like they don't, women yeah. don't be knowing what they want. And every old black one back in the day was like, "Oh, Denzel." True. Denzel this, Denzel that. That's true. No one ever talked about who? Forrest Whitaker. Poor, yeah, with his lazy eye. <laughs> no one ever, <laughs> he got money too. He do. He got he shit. He might have more. You know what I'm um like they weren't never yeah, talking mean, about Robert a, Townsend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know. But it's just like, I don't know, man. I think that I think Jermaine, you made a good point though. Like we don't necessarily know what makes, what attracts women, or like what women would really like. I mean, I mean, women like abs, but not all. All women like abs. A lot of women don't like it. Like even if you look on TikTok, do you did you see when um when Sizzle was on Saturday Night Live, she did like a song like I'm looking for the big boys. I need a big boy. You ever hear that? Cap, cap. You know that's cap. Every every all, all her videos and pictures, it's always a dude black guy with abs. That's what I'm saying. In good shape. Well, it's never been a fat guy in her video. Never. Listen, women took that sound and went crazy on TikTok. Everybody was posting them with their big man, like Gab, I got my little cuddle king right here. So I hate all that Lizzo support and no one really be about it for real when it comes down to it. Let me tell you something though. If the if the big nigga was five six that whole shit would go right out the window. You got that right though, because <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, they were showing big men who were all like six feet and up. They gotta be like, come on mm-hmm. now, like women. I, I be knowing a little bit about what women like. Women don't like short niggas, number one, and they don't like big niggas like that, unless it's like a big motherfucker. No, I'm telling you, a lot of them, a lot of women like it. Here's the thing that women do care about. A lot of women care about height. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Skin. Like if I was a man. If I was giving a man advice, instead of getting um, plastic surgery, like make sure your teeth look good and have nice skin. Mm. That's gonna get them every time. And then have clean nails, not like a, not too clean. You don't want it to look like you get a pedicure every week and a manicure every week, but like clean nails, nice skin, whoosh, pull them bitches. Well, you, don't, you don't like niggas that get pedicures and manicures? No, you can't. It's just like. It's- what if they you. have nice skin? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, I don't let me tell you what I don't like. I hate long nails. That is mm. like the most disgusting thing to me. I hate long nails. <laughs> right, what you was gonna say? No, I was just gonna say with that nice skin, clean nails, and was broke. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have to say, I think if a man is getting plastic surgery, put that time to getting some money. That's a better use of your time than the surgery. Because mm. guess what? If you're in that billionaire's list, I'm telling you, they're not going to care about the fake abs. Because the money is right there. You know what I mean? Like, No, I think that's some good tips, though. Like, Keep your skin right. Wash your ass, too. Like, Yeah, smell good. That's it, Save the money on plastic surgery and have a nice-ass cologne collection. Oof. Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, I didn't say my opinion on it, but I don't care. Like, a man can do what they want. You know, if they want to get a BBL, they want to get a tummy tuck, the leg extension. Is that popping yet? The leg extension to make yourself taller? I don't know. 
Um, but if they want to do that, that's fine. You know, it's not something for me. But, you know, I'm to the point where it's like, you know what, man, I, I'll support anything if it's not like a violent crime. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can, you know, I, I can get behind it. If it's not detrimental to people and it's not violent crime, like, do do as you do as you wish. You know what I mean? That don't mean I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go get no Botox, but um, yeah. Shout out to the, those dudes getting BBLs, I guess. You could always count on Matt for a voice of reason. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just don't be caring enough to even care, like, to even be like, why Why y'all doing that? Y'all shouldn't be doing this shit. They already, they always already trying to emasculate the black man. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that type of nigga. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're the most mature nigga in the room. No, nah, I wouldn't say that. I would say I'm the most, I wouldn't even say I'm the most anything, but I, I will say I, you know, you got to be open to things because mm-hmm. it's just like people just. What would you say you are the best at? What am I the best at? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm better at, you know what I'm the best at? <laughs> I'm the best at talking about my worst qualities. <laughs> I'm not really good at talking about my best qualities, but I could tell you something bad about or negative. You know what I mean? I'm really yeah, good at that. You're right about that. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm good at that. Do y'all feel like y'all the best at anything? Like, if you go into a room, like, honestly. I you knew know, that was going to be a hard question for you. Exactly. If I asked you that. Exactly. <laughs> you still asked it. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to see. Do you ever think about that? Not really. I don't really necessarily think about that type of shit. Like, you know, like. Jermaine, do you think you're the best at anything? Um, Like in the world? Oh, you got to pit the whole world? Like, well, I, I mean. I, if it was the world, I that makes it a little bit tough. But best at certain things in general, yeah. Like, I think when it comes to seasoning food, nobody's seeing me. You don't even got no sazon, though. I do. Oh, I shit. do. Okay. Stop playing with me. My seasoning cabinet goes crazy. Okay. Are, are we still using Lowry's? I don't know if we're supposed to still be using Lowry's. I don't use Lowry's because I'm not trying to die. Yeah, that's shit. MSG for real. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so best at see. So how are you the best at? Are you the best at cooking too? Yeah, I'm the best at cooking. But like the reason why I didn't say that is because like I'm not. I'm not trying to compete with like a real chef. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I get it. There's some people who. I've spent their whole lives cooking where their like presentation is probably better. Uh, you know, they know how to cook the chicken at just the perfect temperature and all that kind of stuff. Like I can't do any of that, but I'm telling you when you taste the food, it's going to taste great. Like it's going to be seasoned perfectly every time. No, that's, that's so important. You have the dry seasonings and the what seasonings on lock. I do. Mm. Yeah. I'm getting ready to start cooking. Easter stuff once we uh once we wrap up. Okay, that's what's up. Rob, what you feel like you're the best at? So you ain't got no answer, huh? Who me? Yeah. I I told you I'm the best at being the worst. Like being the worst possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm the best. You're the at best that. at being negative. <laughs> Finding something negative. I'm so good at it. Like it's it's really it's ridiculous. I think about that. Like I don't think about Oh, how can like what can I be the best at? I think about like, damn, why am I so negative? But right, answer the answer the question, please, <laughs> so I can stop talking about myself. 
Answer the question, nigga. <laughs> I know you. The thing about Rod, I know you. I know you got at least five things that you that you can say that you like. I'm the best at this, that, the third. No, nah, I really don't. Only got one. Okay. What is it? Being me. I'm Ooh. the best at that. No one can't be me better than me. That's such a safe answer. Come on now. Which that's real though, and nobody can be you. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can be Jermaine. Nobody, nobody can be me. That's true. But I never try to be no one else. Like I just want to be me. That's deep. That is deep. Shit, man. We we done been on here for a good amount of time, man. I think we should go ahead and wrap this joint up. Um, should we get in the highlights? So I'm gonna highlight Kari, uh, K A R R I. Um. It's just one of those times I'm like, I'm thankful for TikTok because I really have found some dope music on TikTok. Um, he's got a couple songs I really like, uh, 3 a.m. in Oakland, which I saw has like a really dope video to it. Um, Only You is his latest single that just came out um, just a couple weeks ago. So he's definitely worth checking out. Okay, pretty dope. Rod, you got something for us this week? Uh, Yeah, so this week I want to shout out um, Alex Molly, um, she's coming out with a new project pretty soon. Um, she's a very dope singer from Brooklyn, New York. I know I talked about her previously in one of our past episodes and stuff like that. How I went to the show and she mm-hmm. opened up for phony people. And, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for her project and her songs. I got a feeling this was going to about to be some heat. All right, shout out to that. Let me uh, let me highlight another record. So the third record that we got for y'all, listen to Da Boy, D A B O I I. Uh, he got this new record called Ja Morant Flow. Um, that shit just hard. He just he just man, something about like the Oakland Detroit like relationship. Like it's it's it sound the same, but it sound different at the same time. If if you know what I mean. Um, Cousins. But, yeah, definitely cousins for sure. So check out John Morant Flow by the boy. Um, yeah, check out all the stuff that we highlighted and then, you know, kind of let us know what y'all think about it. Was it fire? Was it trash? Let us know, man. But uh, other than that, man, this has been the Friends Podcast and we out. Peace yes, out. Yes, sir. Peace.